So why don't you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're continuing our series on holiness. Last week, we learned that holiness propels us into service. Remember after the seraphim took the coal from the altar and touched Isaiah's lips? He said to him, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Immediately, Isaiah said, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, I want to say this, whenever God cleanses you, it's amazing how clearly when God takes away your guilt, when God takes away your sin, it's amazing how quickly he unstops our ears and we are able to hear the voice of the Lord. And he said, immediately I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Holiness propels us into God's service. Last week, we also realized that holiness alters your will and your actions. Philippians chapter 2 says, For it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purposes. Thirdly, last week, we learned that holiness involves a change of heart. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God says, I'm going to show the holiness of my great name, which you have profaned among the nations. God says, I'm going to show myself holy through you before their eyes. And this is how I'm going to do it. Now, he's speaking to a people who have been carried off into captivity. Okay, they've been dispersed into other lands. And he says, I'm going to bring you out of your captivity I'm going to bring you back into your promised land. I will cleanse you and make you clean. I will deliver you from your bondage, from your idols. And then he goes on to say, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And he goes on to say, and I'll put my spirit in you. And move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to obey my laws or to keep my laws. One of the things I've noticed is that when some people teach or preach God's word, they seem to have a way of making it really complicated. You'll listen to them for 45 minutes and you'll be, wow, man, they're really smart. But I don't have any idea what they said. You know what I mean? They must be smart because they're really talking, but... I don't have any idea what they're saying. One of the the challenges that I face is when I teach God's words, I like to make it simple. If we could take our whole month of series on holiness, we're going to bring it down to a couple sentences. Holiness. Look to the person next to you and say, God is holy. Look at him again and say, he is at work inside of you. So keep drawing close to him. Stop resisting. And don't mess it up. Because he's up to something good. So four weeks, we're bringing it down to two lines. I want to give it to you one more time. Holiness. God is holy. Say it with me. Look to the person. Tell them. Say, God is holy. He is at work inside of you. 
and kind of point at him. You can point at him. Say, he's at work inside of you. So keep drawing close to him. Stop resisting him. And don't mess it up. Because he's up to something good. God bless you guys. You can have a good day. I could finish right there. In the past, we've talked about in our messages about God being holy, that he's other, that he's set apart, that he's perfect in every way. We've said that God is working inside of you and that he promises to give you a new heart and to remove that heart of stone and to give you a heart of flesh. Today, I want to focus upon our part. And it's two simple things, two simple things. I added a third one in there about don't mess this up. If I let it to myself, I seem to keep messing it up. Two simple things that we can do. We can draw near to God and we can stop resisting him. If you don't remember anything else when we talk about holiness for your part, I want you to remember those two simple things. You draw near to God and stop resisting him. Draw near to God. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul alludes to the giving of the law and the difference between the old and the new covenant. He talks about how Moses, whenever he came down from the mountain, had to cover his face with a veil after he had come down the mountain from meeting with the Lord because the glory of the Lord shone through his face. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 says this, Now if the ministry that brought death which was engraved in letters of stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness for what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory and if what was transitory came with glory how much greater is the glory of that which last therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Listen to this. And we shared these verses last week. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord. Who's anyone? All of us. When anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Listen to what it says. And we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I want to read that to you one more time. And it says, And we all, 
who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is a spirit. When we draw near to God, he is not defiled by us, but we are cleansed and transformed by him. That's why Jesus, when he went out, he touched the lepers. He reached out and the woman with the issue of blood, he allowed her to touch the hem of his garment because whenever people drew near to Jesus, he was not defiled by them. They were delivered by him. And when you and I draw near to the Lord, when we come close to him, He's not defiled by us. We are sanctified. We are transformed. The word says that we go from glory to glory as we draw near to him. So keep drawing near to the Lord. But you say, pastor, I feel unworthy. Well, keep drawing near. But pastor, I messed up. Keep drawing near. But I have failed him so many times, I don't even feel right to go into his presence. All the more reason to keep drawing near to him. It will change you. It will change your life. You will be transformed as you are brought into the presence of a holy God. For some, drawing near to God may simply mean this, that you just stand still. Because like Adam and Eve in the garden... Remember Adam and Eve, when they sinned, what did they do? They ran and they hid themselves from the Lord. My friend, I want you to know that God has been calling out your name. Stop trying to run from him. Stop trying to avoid him. Stop trying to hide from him. You may say, well, pastor, I just really don't feel worthy. I'm overwhelmed by things. Draw near to him. He invites you into his presence because it's in his presence we are transformed. People knew People knew when Moses came down from the mountain, his face shone with the glory of the Lord. People know when you have been with Jesus, they can just tell. You know the difference when you've been in the presence of the Lord. Did you notice that your fears go away when you come into his presence? Did you notice the anxiety begins to dissipate when you go into his presence? Did you notice that guilt goes away when you come into the presence of the Lord because you're overwhelmed by God's passion for you, his love for you, his drawing to you, and you just become, you become undone when you are in the presence of the Lord. So stop trying to stay away from him. Stop avoiding him. Stop listening to the eyes of the enemy when the enemy accuses you and says that you're unworthy. Why would you pray now? You know what you've been struggling with. Why would you take of communion? Why would you come to the altar? Why would you do those things? The enemy wants you to stay away from his presence because he realizes that in the presence of the Lord, you are transformed. So draw near to the Lord. It's really not complicated. It's really not hard. What God asks you to do is draw near to him. Well, pastor, I I got all these things I got to work out. My life is really complicated. Draw near to the Lord. I'm overwhelmed. I got a lot of stuff. I got to untangle. I got to work out. Draw near to the Lord. I'm going to make it really easy for you. Just draw near to him. The second thing that we have for you is this. Stop resisting. Look to the person next to you and say, stop resisting. God knows what he is doing in your life. He knows what's needed to see your life be transformed into his image. So allow him to do the work. Listen to his voice. Just listen. 
He's speaking. Listen to his word. He's revealing his heart to you. Listen to his servants and stop resisting the work of the Holy Spirit. Allow God to do whatever he desires to do in your life. God does not need you to micromanage his work inside of you. He doesn't need you to do that. He does not need you to be his advisor, to tell him how he should take care of things, how things are to be worked out, the steps that he should take. What God needs for you to do is to stop resisting the work of his spirit inside of you. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were marked with the seal for the day of redemption. You realize that it is possible for you and I to grieve the Holy Spirit. When we resist him, when we say no to him, when we harden our hearts to him, God's doing something good inside of you, friend. You're his. He's purchased you with his blood. He started a work in you. He's going to bring it to completion. Just keep presenting yourself. Keep drawing near to him. And when he speaks to you, quit putting up your hands. Quit trying to stop him. Quit resisting him. I like a clean car. I don't really care if your car is clean or not. But I like my car to be clean. And any cars that I pay for, which there's four at the house. So I like those cars to be clean too. If you've always had the money to get whatever car you wanted, maybe you you didn't feel that way. If you had bad junkers and you really wanted to replace them, but you couldn't. And so I'd go out. I remember we were in Baltimore. I'd, you know, I'd get so tired of my little Chevette and it would be breaking down. So I'd go out and wash it and wax it and vacuum it and spray armor all on the thing and and shine it up. So I felt at least a little better when I'm driving around this car that's going to break down on me. And it seemed like every time I washed it, the stupid thing broke down. So it was breaking down a lot. I used to, I used to spend my day off washing cars. If I had a day off, I'd get out the hose and I'd wash all the cars. Now, thank God for Mr. Car Wash. Anybody know Mr. Car Wash? I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, for Mr. Car Wash. I like Mr. Car Wash. I don't just go and pay the $8. No, I I don't necessarily get the undercarriage. But what I do do, I get the unlimited pass. Sometimes I might go every other day. (laughs) Do you see me in Ephrata? You know I'm headed for Mr. Car Wash. If I'm at the hospital in Lancaster, uh, I believe it's Mannheim Pike, I stop over at Mr. Car Wash. If I'm headed up towards Reading, I usually pull off of 222 to Mr. Car Wash. I like the Reading one better. You pull in, you got to line it up, they line you up, and you pull it in, and then you have to, when they come up to a certain point, they go like this and point over to a light sign on the side, which says, kick it in neutral and keep your feet off the brake, all right? That sounds like a sermon right there. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's a sermon right there. (laughs) Kick it in neutral and keep your feet off the brake. That's what you got to do. What you have to do is when you get there, You just put it in neutral, keep your feet off the brake, you align yourself, and it pulls you right through. It's amazing. They wash you, undercarriage. They put a protectant on it so that the water, this is when it goes extra, put a protectant on it. When you see like more colors come out, you know you got the expensive one. You know what I mean? (laughs) The person ahead of you who they got all the lights flashing and more colored stuff coming out, you know that they spent the big money. But the cool thing is, is 
All you have to do is position yourself there, and it kind of just pulls you through and does the work for you. If I try to stop it, if I try to have anything really involved in it, I mess it up. I mess it up. If I try to put it in gear, I mess it up. If I try to stop it, put my foot on the brake, I mess it up. But if I just position myself on this track, it automatically pulls me through. And I come out shining, and it blows it off, dries it. I like a clean car. I like that. You know I like better than that? I like the work that God does in my heart and your heart automatically when you present yourself before him. When you stop resisting him and when you get out of the way, God has a process. He has something lined up that you put yourself here, you present yourself before him, you stop resisting and you allow him to do the work that he wants to. It's amazing the transformation that takes place. All of you are going to want to go buy Mr. Car Wash things. Uh It's amazing the transformation that takes place in a man or a woman's life when they let God do the work inside of them. Now, I used to spend my Saturdays, I'd spend a couple hours trying to wash the cars. It's really cool just to go up there and just drive through. It takes me like three minutes to drive through. It pulls me right through. It does an amazing job. But the more you try to control it, the more you try to manage it, the bigger problems that you have. The Bible says about Stephen, the first deacon, it says about Stephen that he spoke to the Sanhedrin. They made up some accusations against him, and they brought him some trumped-up charges. They brought him before the council. And the Bible says that all who sat in the council looked intently at him, and they saw that his face... You know what it says? Was like the face of an angel. Stephen had allowed the Lord. He'd beheld the glory of the Lord. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And his face shone so that whenever he came up to speak before these religious people, they were just fixed on him. But look at this man's face. Like Moses, his face shined with the glory of the Lord. Stephen makes this, he preaches to him, and he makes this statement to him. After he preaches and tells him about Jesus, he says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you are forever opposing the Holy Spirit just as your ancestors used to do. They didn't like it and gave him the honor of being the first martyr. How about that? They didn't like what he had to say, and they took his life and... The Apostle Paul was, Saul was there giving his approval to Stephen's death. You and I are faced with a choice each day to either yield to the working of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes it's simple little things, little whispers that he says, little signs that he puts before you. You have the opportunity to yield to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life or to resist. What his word says is that we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. God's doing that work inside of you. 
But it's hard for that to take place if you're fighting him all along the way. When we talk about holiness, it doesn't have to be complicated for us. He's holy. He's set apart. He's doing something inside of you. Present yourself to him. Put yourself in a position. Come into his presence. Draw near to him. And as you draw near to him, don't resist him. He'll do the work. He'll change you. The word says he'll change us from glory to glory. I want it to be a lot harder than that, but it's not. I want to focus on all the things. Lord, it's complicated. No, he says, just come into my presence. Draw near to me. Draw near to me. With a heart full of faith. Come into my presence expecting me to meet you there. Come into my presence without really a whole lot, just with the desire to meet with the Lord. And then as he starts to work in your life, don't resist him. Don't stop him. Don't say no. Don't say no to him. Kick it in neutral. Take your feet off the brake. And let him do and work in your life in the way that he sees fit. Listen, he knows what he's doing. And he's doing a good job. It's going to be beautiful. The work that God's going to do in your life is so much more glory Your best that you could imagine, God's got something much more glorious in store for you and I. I want to read to you the word. But whenever anyone, you fit into that group? Anyone? Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate, behold, look upon, think about the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Father, today, we want to present ourselves to you once again. We're drawing near to you as a people. We're drawing near to you as a congregation. We're drawing near to you as a family, Lord. Husbands and wives and moms and dads and brothers and sisters. We're drawing near to you. We're presenting ourselves to you because we know that we are transformed in your presence. We know that although we are not holy in ourselves, when we come into contact with a holy God, you declare us to be holy and righteous, blameless, Perfect, perfect in your sight because of the blood of the Lamb. No room for condemnation. The Word says we are free from accusation because of what Jesus has done for us upon the cross. So we come boldly, Lord. And then, Lord, as we come boldly into your presence, we submit ourselves. We yield ourselves 
all the things that we think we have to do to get things squared away. We're just not going to resist you, Lord. We're going to trust the process to keep coming into your presence, to keep drawing near to you, to keep seeking your face, to keep humbling ourselves before you and drawing near to you and trusting the process that we're going to be transformed from glory to glory. The word says with ever increasing glory. For any areas in the past where I've resisted you or have held up, right now, can I just encourage you, we're just going to repent of that. Lord, any places in the past that we've taken control, we put our foot on the brake, we tried to put it in gear, we refuse to do that, Lord. It's hard for us to kind of take our hands off and trust, but we do that now, Lord. We trust your work inside of us. We refuse to resist the working of the Holy Spirit because we know that when you are done with us, as you do your work in us, Lord, it's going to be glorious. Father, I pray that people who have been struggling with this idea of holiness for years, that something would click in their hearts something would click in their mind, something that would click in their spirit, and they would just be amazed at what God does, how He changes them, how He sanctifies them, how the evidence, Lord, not just you saying that they're holy, but how their actions, how their behavior, how their thoughts, how their attitudes begin to radiate the glory of the Lord. Lord, I believe there's going to be some people in this room when they walk into their workplaces, people are going to see the glory of the Lord upon their faces, Lord. People are not going to be able to take their eyes off of them because they radiate the glory of God. Lord, that lives are going to be transformed. Hearts are going to be touched. People are going to be ministered to because we reflect the glory of our King. Thank you for what you've done, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are working in us. And we can rest in the fact that, God, you're the one who called us. You're the one who started this work inside of us. And you're going to complete what you started, Lord. Lord, we're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. The word says ever-increasing. Jesus name bless your people refresh them in their spirits let the joy of the Lord be their strength and lead them in triumph and victory I pray today in Jesus name thank you for what you've done for us Lord may you be glorified we pray in Jesus name and everybody said